Sorry, there was no way I was going to preach with that thing crooked behind me. It just wasn't going to happen. One of those mornings, I guess, where I notice little things like that and it drives me a little bit crazy, but that's just my personality, I guess. Which happens to coincide uh, with our uh, epistle just a little bit. Um, This sermon is about living a life of contradictions. It's an interesting thought for us as Christians, I think. You'll see what I'm talking about as, as we get into Paul's letter to the Romans. It's in the seventh chapter. Starting at verse 14, Paul writes, I can anticipate the response that is coming. I know that all God's commands are spiritual, but I am not. Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I'm full of myself. After all, I've spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way and then I act another. Doing things I absolutely despise. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. But I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything, and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. There is no one who can do anything for me. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions, where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. See, for Christians like us, Walking out our faith lives, working out our sanctification day by day, life can often seem as if it's one contradiction after another. 
And the interesting thing about this is Paul is not talking here about his life as Saul, the the persecutor of Christians, the Pharisee of Pharisees, that Paul before his conversion to a follower of Christ. No, he's talking in the present tense about his life now as a Christian. This is Paul, the apostle, writer of much of the New Testament. Struggling as a Christian, as a Christ follower, with his old sinful nature that keeps creeping back in. If Paul struggled, then wouldn't you think that we would struggle as well? He says, I know the law. I know scripture. I know what God wants me to do. And very often, I actually decide to do it. And then, when the opportunity comes around to do what I said I was going to do, which is to be obedient to God's law, well, I do just the opposite. I do the very thing I said I would not do. Has this been your experience as well? I know it's been mine. It's like when I wake up in the morning and I spend time talking to God and I say to him, Abba, Father, I know your word tells me to love my enemies today. So today, I'm not going to respond in anger to those who come against me in a hateful or petty way. I say that. I fully intend to carry that out. I say I'm going to respond today in love to those people because I know that's what you want me to do as a godly man and as a follower of Jesus. So when I get in my car that morning, I have the best of intentions. And I head out for the day and while I'm driving, some inconsiderate person cuts me off. And it forces me to slam on my brakes and my coffee spills. And all the sermon notes that I've been working on for weeks weeks and weeks that have been neatly organized end up on the floor in a heap. And they go flying to the floor and as they go flying, so does my verbal response. And the response is much less than a blessing. You know what I'm talking about? And so then I get to my first appointment. Maybe it's a hospital visit. And I'm driving up and down the rows of cars at the hospital parking lot looking for that one empty space. And as I'm looking, I see someone's backup lights come on and I get this little flicker of hope. And I put my turn signal on indicating that I intend to turn into that parking space as soon as that person who's backing out gets out of the way. And wouldn't you know it, a car comes from the opposite direction and zips in there before I can get into that space. And so now I'm turning red with anger and I'm thinking all kinds of unloving thoughts about the person who just stole my spot. Have you been there? And then I finally get into the hospital and the person at the information booth who has the information that I need about the room that the person is in that I'm there to visit. You know this person? And they're having a conversation with someone about what they want to do for lunch together. And I'm standing there and they're continuing to have their conversation while I'm standing there. 
their conversation, you know, the one that has nothing to do with the job that they're there to do, you know, that one. And I'm thinking at this point, because I'm already mad, I've had a bad morning, and I say to myself, you know, it's pretty obvious. I'm here on a mission from God, people. Could you stop long enough with your lunch conversation to get me a simple room number? I mean, sheesh, people, right? So you can see it doesn't take me long in the course of my day to go from pious and holy to petty and hellish. It's a pretty fast acceleration. And so my life can be as Paul's life was, because Paul's very transparent here, it can be a life of contradictions. Because after all, Just like Paul, I've spent a long time in sin's prison. And the sin nature is always there waiting for me to drop my guard and slide right back into my old way of life. That's the human nature after the fall. And so Paul says, I need something more. For I I know the law. I know what God says, but I still can't keep it. And if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. That's what Paul says. I think I can relate. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in action. Because, as Paul writes, something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. See, this is the sin nature of humankind with which we all struggle. It happens to us every day and we know that we are Christians. We know that we're in love with Jesus. And yet we live this life of contradictions. And if that's you, because it sure is me, if that's you, you're not alone. And by the way, you're in good company. Because as Paul has said here very transparently, he struggled with the very same issue. In fact, he says, I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? And isn't that the real question? Well, thankfully, God has given Paul the answer. And now he gives it to us. He says, the answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. And so here we are as Christians in this gradual process of sanctification. 
We enter into it upon accepting Jesus as Lord. It's a recognition of our inability to live up to our deepest desire to be Christ-like. But it's a recognition that we can't do that without the power and victory of Christ. We can't will ourselves to be good. We just don't have it in us. But thank God we don't have to. We can't be like Jesus. We can't live a life like Him without Him. Without His strength. Without His power. When we forget, and we often do, when we forget to rely on His strength throughout the day as these situations come along, when we forget to look to Him for guidance before responding, well, when we forget, we set ourselves up for failure and disappointment, no matter how good our intentions were when we put our feet on the floor first thing that morning. But as Paul says, thanks be to God. Because there is deliverance from our inability to act like Christ would act because of Jesus. Because of his victory over sin and death on the cross. Because of his resurrection. Because of that, because we share in that resurrection once we accept Jesus. Now we can look to him for mercy and forgiveness for our shortcomings. And we can look to him for victory over our sinful nature. Because he has provided us with the power to live in the freedom of the spirit. That Holy Spirit that he sent to us for that very purpose. As a counselor. As a comforter. For guidance. For strength. To lift us up out of our inability to be like Christ without Christ. And thanks be to God also that this contradictory life that we're all living, this contradictory life is temporary. Because through this sanctifying grace that we're all walking through towards glory, through the process of our life to become more like Jesus, through that grace, we will overcome this contradictory life. And we will move forward into this life of freedom that Jesus has prepared for us. I go to prepare a place for you. He's prepared it for you. He's prepared it for me. It's free of contradictions in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.